good morning, this beautiful Sunday morning. For those that are out in the foyer in the cafe area, come on in. For those of you online, welcome this morning. We're so glad that you joined us. We're looking forward to worshiping God together and hearing his word and seeing him fill us up to overflowing. That's his desire and that's his passion today would be to fill us up with his presence. It's always been his desire. He never wants you to be empty. He never wants you to be weak. He never forsakes you. He never gives up on you. He's a loving father. And this morning as we worship him, I want you to keep that in mind that he's a good, good father. So let's just open this morning uh, with a word of prayer. Again, if you're in the foyer, please come in and let's uh, worship the Lord this morning together. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for your presence here, God. Thank you, God, that, uh, Lord, as we honor you, as we bow the knee before you, as we lay our hearts open before you this morning, that you have a great plan in mind. It's a plan of restoration and strengthening. It's a plan, God, that will, Lord, reveal your plan and your purpose for us and for what you're doing in the world today. You never wanted us to be without an understanding. So God, even as the sons of Issachar understood the times and the seasons, I pray today as we worship you, as we see, Father, your plan unfold in our spirit, God, that we would trust and believe, Father, for all things in you. So God, thank you this morning for your blessing. Thank you for your favor this morning upon us. We love you. We bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. 
Sure. 
Jesus did for us, that he provided a way when people weren't even asking for a way. He provided a way for us. He didn't have to do it. He could have started over. He could have scrapped the whole thing. He could have just changed his mind and said, you know what? I'll just start over with a different human race, one that's not going to sin. But the beauty of it, and, it, and it's interesting because I was just reading it's like in, in Genesis and it talks about how the earth was getting filled with sin because of Adam and Eve. And it says that God was grieved in his heart. And it said that he was sad. It almost, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it may have said that he almost regretted making humans. But he saw the, the faithfulness and the loyalty of Noah and that caused him to be overwhelmed with love to the point that he would save one person. And he knew that saving Noah meant that he was gonna have to die on the cross. And that meant that he was gonna have to pay the ultimate price for our freedom, even though it was a mistake that we made. And he had every right, he had every choice to just scrap it all and try again. But he didn't because of his love. He literally saw us. It says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And I 100% believe that the joy set before him was seeing us, all of his children, just fully in love with him and seeing who he created us to be beyond the mistakes that we have. And so I just want to just thank the Lord right now because he didn't have to come. You know, it's, it's an amazing privilege that he came. And sometimes maybe it's like we almost feel entitled because we were here, but he didn't. He didn't have to make us. He didn't have to try and go through it. He could have done something different. And so I was just overwhelmed with the fact that God saw it as worth it. He saw you as worth it. So let's just praise God for that because he is our provider because he loves us. It's not on our own merit. It's not anything that we could have ever done. Our, our best works and our best efforts are filthy rags. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't have to come, but still you came. You showed your love. 
Just how far you'd go to say you love us. It's extravagant. No, it doesn't make sense. We'll never comprehend the way you love us. It's unthinkable. Only heaven knows just how far.
prophesy we come alive in the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles we bring everything to the feet of Jesus everything in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles Whoa. come on if you need a miracle in your body if you need a miracle in your life this is a house of miracles his presence is a house of miracles come on wherever you're at if you need a miracle in your body let's just sing this again we're going to declare it come alive in the name of Jesus dry bones come alive in the name of Jesus oh we sing come alive in the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles we bring everything to the feet of Jesus everything in the name of Jesus sing it out we sing come alive in the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles we bring everything in the feet of Jesus everything in the name of Jesus this is a house of facing in your life, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be financial, and it's because the enemy has come in and he's bound that gate from you. And, 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 and I 
I'm just thinking this morning, I, I, as he began to sing that song, it began to bubble up inside of me, but I also felt like as a church, as a people, as a person, we don't believe that. And so we just sing lightly, <laughs> even though we know we're facing a mountain, and maybe not everybody here is facing a mountain this morning, but some of us are. And, and, and online, it's the same thing. It, the, 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 the kingdom of God suffers violence. Where does the violence come from for the kingdom of God? Doesn't it come from the kingdom of darkness? Doesn't it say that Satan is plotting against you? The Bible says very clearly that he's coming against you. And that's why Jesus said, hey, I, I want you as a church to don't let the gates of hell. Hell stops everything good from coming to you. Come on, isn't that right? John 10.10. 10. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus steps in and says, but I, and he has the last word. I like that. I have come to give you life, and I have come to give you life, what? More abundantly. And so, so when we're standing here this morning and we're singing a song like that, and you have something that's pressing against you, I understand it can be heavy. I know it's been a long year, but guess what? Here's the, here's the remedy to it. Satan hates your praise. If you want to run him off, start worshiping God with your whole heart. And you know, that's what David said. I worship God with my whole heart. Matter of fact, David once said, hey, I would never offer to God anything that didn't cost me something. And, and so in other words, he had to pay a price for it. Maybe one day he woke up and the enemy was all around him. and He didn't feel like worshiping God. All he felt like was, I'm about to get smashed. I'm about to get destroyed. I'm about to get killed. And as you read his story, you see that. But he says at the end, but yet I'm going to trust God. And I think that's when he breaks through with a song. He breaks through with the worship. He breaks through with the praise that literally rocks hell and stirs up heaven and opens the door. Daniel prayed several times before the Lord finally came through for him. Because why? Because it says there, the, 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 the angels that were to help him were being held up. But because of his persistence, and he said it to him, he says, hey, I heard your prayer from the beginning. You didn't give up. You persisted. I sent Michael, who was the warring angel, to deal with the issue and set free the plan and purpose of God for Daniel's life. Yes. And I think about that. Wow. And see, his deal was the... the the, the king at the time did not want anybody to worship God, wanted him to worship him. And yet Dan, Daniel said, no, I refuse to bow to that. I refuse to give in to that. I refuse to keep silent any longer. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to open my curtains and I'm going to worship God. And I just feel it in my spirit. We just need to sing that again. And some of you that need a breakthrough... You need to get your breakthrough. You, you need to take it because it's the Spirit of God that will give it to you. And so as we sing it again, can I just challenge you and those online, you can do this as home as, at home as well as you can do it here. You can either sit on the couch and slumber there or you can get up and you can worship God. And you can release the same power and the same presence of God there as it is right here. And this is what we're believing for. And we're believing together for that. How many can say amen to that? So let's just do that. Would you just put a little bit more umph into singing this song this time around? In, in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, who, as was said earlier, has done everything for us. 
He is so worthy to be worshipped. He's so worthy to be praised with everything. I shake off my tiredness. I shake off my issues in my life, and I worship God with everything that's within me. Let's honor God like he's worthy. Amen? Let's do it. I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. I still believe. God, we thank you this morning for being here with us. Thank you that you didn't choose a plan that would cause us to have to do it on our own, knowing that we couldn't. But you came to this earth for us to deliver us and to save us. And God, to set us free right here on this planet. And to allow us, God, to experience the mighty power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, through our lives. And God, this morning we just lift our hands as a representation of hunger. Pour into us today, God, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Isn't God good? Let's give the Lord another big hand before we sit down. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and be seated, maybe. Wow. I'll tell you what, the presence of God is here this morning. I, I feel there's some lag, but it's not on his side. 
I, I really want you to hear that. Uh, you see, when we begin to recognize our part, you know, there was a book that Ern Baxter, an amazing theologian, once wrote. Uh, it was called His Part and Our Part. And he goes through and really just lays out what God has already done for us. And then he lays out the authority that he's given to us so that we can do our part. Come on. That's, that's, uh, you have a part to play in this. And a large part of that has to do, honestly, just to keep it real simple with you, is being the worship team that goes out before the enemy. And we have that opportunity to do that. And he gives us that. It's actually a privilege. It's a right. When you read Psalms 148 and Psalms 149 and Psalms 150, you begin to catch a vision for the way that God wants to fulfill this. He wants to do it through you with his spirit. And so... It's an awesome thing. It's a powerful thing. Amen? Amen. I'm stirred up here this morning. I just, you know, I, I just kind of caught between sensing God's amazing presence, but, but also just, you know, there's, there's, there's just kind of a, still a little bit of a weight on us that we got to get rid of. We should never, ever, ever, listen to this, ever allow that to be in this room. Come on, this is his sanctuary. It shouldn't be in our life either, right? Yeah. So wherever we go, we take it with us. But boy, we should never allow it to be in here. Could I just encourage us as the family of God here at Hope Alive? When you come in here and we're worshiping God and you feel maybe a little bit of slumber, a little bit of sleep happening, David said, I stirred myself up in the Lord. And if you feel it in this room, then you need to begin to pray for this room. God, just stir up every person here. You know, sometimes it's just lifting up their arms, you know. You want to win the battle. And we got to stir one another up, the Bible says, in, in faith and, and good works. And we are called to do that. And if we begin to get a little bit more maybe discerning about it. You know, I know it's easy to come into a setting like this and, oh, well, that's just how it is. It's just one of those Quiet moments. Quiet morning. No, let's worship God. Because if you will let God arise, the Bible says your enemy will scatter. And I'm just telling you, let's just corporately do this thing together. Because there's some things you'll never do alone. Because God never designed you to do things alone. He designed you to do it together in a group. And he's always em that's emphasized through the entire Bible in the beginning. There were tribes, the, the, the tribes of Israel, tribes of Judah. He always had this thing happening, and when he started the church, he made another tribe, and it was called the church. Yeah. And he said that. He said, it's, it's not going to be Greek or Jew. It's going to be one holy nation that I'm building. There's a tribe there, yeah. and you're a part of that, and we've all got to play our part. It's kind of, I, I hate to compare it to a tug-of-war, but have you ever been in a tug-of-war game? And, 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 and you can see some people aren't really helping right. as you're sliding across the wrong line. And you just thought, man, <laughs> even if that person would just sit down, that would help. But no, they're walking along. And, 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 and this is the church in action in this day. And we are up against an amazing onslaught of the enemy. Yeah. If you haven't noticed it yet, <laughs> he's actually stolen the whole year. Guess what? December's in two days. <laughs> if the kids want to go ahead and go to their class, they're welcome to. Uh, if they're going. 
side of the deck. Awesome. I mean, the bridge are going to stay in here with us today. Praise God. It's a good day to stay here, I'm, I'm sure. I can see that Amber is really filled with the joy of the Lord today. They are now engaged. Chad and Amber, let's give them a big hand. Congratulations, you guys. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be one, another risky wedding. Um, it's going to be in October, right? Is that right? Possibly? We'll see. Okay. That's awesome. You guys are awesome, both of you. That is so exciting. All right, let me just take a moment here. Um, I think, Jonathan, you have an announcement that you're going to make for us. Uh, we need to pay very close attention to this one. I do have an announcement. I just wanted to add one one more thing, um, according to when he was talking about encouraging yourself in the Lord. One thing that I do that is um, helpful is when I walk into a room and I'm not feeling it, because shocker, I know it looks like I love to do that every day. Some days it just doesn't it doesn't come easy. Um, sometimes it's more of a sacrifice of praise. I love worship and I love doing it, but sometimes it's just hard. I mean, life happens. So. One of the things that I do just is really practical is I look in the room, and if one person is worshiping, and they're lifting up their hands, and there's, there's always someone. There's always one person in the room, and they're just, like, going after it. It means God's there, you know? And if God, God's no respecter of persons, so if he's going to do it for them, you're missing out if you're not accessing it. So I just want to remind you that the promise is where two or three are gathered, he's there. And the only reason you're not experiencing it is something in yourself. So a lot of times what I'll do is if I'm not experiencing it or if I'm not doing it, I'll be like, dear God, help me. What do I need to do? Do I need to be thankful? Do I need to be, what is it that is blocking me from experiencing him? Because that's the whole reason we're here, folks. It's not It's not fun if we're not experiencing God. I mean, we're sing, singing a bunch of songs, same songs over and over. And it, it, I mean, that's no fun. If, if we're being honest, it's only, it's about an encounter with God. And so I just want to encourage you, don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than the fullness of what God paid for and the fullness of his presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So speaking of God and his presence, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to share with you that Christmas is coming. So Merry Christmas. I'm probably the first person to say that. Um, but we are doing a little bit of a little different thing this year for Christmas because we know that it has been a little bit of a different year. And so in order to accommodate that, we are doing something online as well as in person. So we're still going to have our Sunday services celebrations on um, all throughout the week of uh, throughout the month of December on Sundays. We're going to have special performances. We're going to have live music in the back. So I need your help with getting the word out. So the only way that we can really get people involved is if we're inviting people. And so one of the things that we're doing is online, I created it to make it super easy for you. It's called Share Hope. And if you go to hopealive.church forward slash share, it's going to bring this page up. And then when you scroll down on that page, you will see 
How can you help? It says, help us get the word out. Help share hope. The message of Jesus and the message of hope is so necessary right now and so needed right now. It's, it, I mean, I think, like, if, if we think about it in the, the terms of fishers of men, the fish would be jumping into the boat because the water is no good place for them. <laughs> they do not want to be in there. And so right now there's a few pictures up there, and they are actually perfectly sized for Instagram and for Facebook. And all you have to do is copy and paste one of those pictures. And then if you scroll down a little bit lower, there's some captions on there to help get you started. So one of them is, we could all use a little extra joy in Christmas cheer this year. Join me for Christmas at Hope Alive, and then message me for details. And then there's a hashtag, Christmas at Hope Alive. So really, we just need your help with getting the word out. And I can share it on mine, but I only have so many friends, and it's not a lot, I'm going to be honest. But we need to share it. We need everybody to work. It only works with we're, if we're all in together. So visit the website and do that. Secondly, we are doing the online thing. It's called we're doing Christmas at home. And what that is is we're setting it up to be live music. It's going to be a short online special from on December 4th, which is this coming Friday at 6.30 p.m. And then we're going to do it the following Friday on December 11th and then at 6.30 p.m. And then the following Friday, December 18th. So it's those three Fridays leading up to Christmas. And what this is, is it's an online special because we understand that there are some people that may not be able to make it in person. And we still want to get the message of Jesus and the message of hope out to the world. And so what we're doing is we're doing an online 20-minute special where we're going to be live up here and we're going to have a message from from Pastor Danny and maybe someone else. We'll see. And then we're going to have some live music, live music performances and some giveaways and really what I my passion and my vision for this was to reach people that aren't going to be coming into the church um, because we we need to get the message out. We need to get the message of hope out. And really the only way to do that is through God uses us as his voice. We're going to put on some Facebook ads. We'll do that. But none of that really works if you guys don't join in because you are Hope Alive. You are the church. And so we are the voice and mouthpiece of Christ. And one of the ways to get the message into people's hands is through going to Facebook and joining the event as well as sharing. There's a little button that says share. And all you have to do is click that and it'll say share to your post or share to your newsfeed, or share to a friend group, or you can send it to a person, but share it. Share it every week, share it every day. Share it as many times as you possibly can, because who knows? Every single message that we're gonna do on these times is gonna give an opportunity to give their life to the Lord. It's gonna share the message of the gospel, it's gonna share encouragement, it's gonna share hope, and who knows if the person that you send it to gets saved. Like this, it seems like a small thing, but really, some small things, it's our only bread and loaves, it's our little, our, sh our fish and loaves is our little Facebook thing. But God can turn that into something that can change someone's life eternally. And so don't look at it like, oh, well, I'm just sharing an event. No, you're giving an opportunity and opening a door for someone to experience 
God's presence to experience the gospel and to be completely saved. How many, I mean, most of us in here, I imagine we've experienced that, you know, and, and it came through someone telling us or someone sharing it with us. This is, we're in the 21st century, and so we've used the digital platform for God's glory and God's kingdom. Amen? So, don't forget, hopealive.church forward slash share. Thank you. That's good, thank you. Thank you. And tune in, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's going to be an awesome time uh, for us as a church uh, on Fridays through the month of December. Uh, just a, a another announcement concerning Christmas, it's decorating time. And we mentioned this before, but decorating is going to take place today from 3 to 8. And then Monday from 1 to 4, and we're going to skip Tuesday. And we're going to go to Wednesday from 7 to 8.30. So make a note on your calendar. Uh, join us for this. It's always a lot of fun, uh, but it's also needed. So we're going to do that. So just encourage you uh, to join in and be a part of that. It's a great time of fellowship. Uh, all right, are we ready for the word this morning? Amen. I really f believe that God has something for us. Uh, I titled the message, What If? What If? Because I couldn't think of another title. And so I came up with that one. I thought that was pretty good. That would leave the door open for me. Uh, and uh, to, to say what I want to say this morning, I do know what I want to say. Uh, let me ask you this. What if you, what if you never give up? What if you just never give up? And, and, and by that, I don't mean joining what they used to say in my church way back in California, not joining the white knuckle club. I say, but, but I'm talking about uh, continuing in the faith and, and, and staying strong, you know? Are you still believing God, even as we sang today? Are you still believing God? Are you still praying? Are you still reading? Are you still praying for healing? Are you still serving? Are you giving? Are you being obedient? How are you doing, church? How are you really doing today? You know, we've had a, a very challenging year, to say the least, uh, and, and really a very understatement. The year has been very challenging, and, and I want to talk a little bit this morning about where you're at with it all. There's no way to endure this year. Uh, there's no way to miss it. You couldn't have missed it this year. Uh, and and so, we, but, so we need to address that so that we can move forward. I want to just take a second here and just remind us, as we were reminded during the, the worship time with exhortation, uh, where we were and where we are. Where you were before and where you are now. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21 says this here. Uh, and you who were once alienated, would you say alienated? alienated? And you were actually enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled you. Amen. So you were once alienated. Don't ever forget that. If you forget that, you'll lose your passion, you'll lose your heart, you'll lose your love, you'll really lose everything. But you were once alienated. We all were. We started that way. Adam got the ball rolling for us. We followed suit. And now we find ourselves alienated. But yet he came and he reconciled us. To be alienated means simply to be shut out from one's fellowship and intimacy. 
So here we were on earth without Christ, without God, and we were separated from him, and we knew it. We didn't totally understand it, maybe. We didn't kind of put two plus two together, but we knew that we were separate. We knew that something was missing, and it's really when we come to the realization that that really is the case. Something really is missing, and the world has tried everything to fill that missing piece, and it hasn't worked. Something was missing, and the world's tried everything, and we're still trying everything, aren't we? <laughs> the world's still trying everything to come up with the answer. You know, the, 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 and yet it doesn't work. And, and so we find ourselves alienated. But now we're reconciled, which simply means we're in harmony and we've been secured between us and God. And you are brought into sonship, friendship, and love through Christ. So you step into that relationship, and I've said it before, it's like all of a sudden my eyes were just open to what I didn't see. I heard the gospel for a while, it was shared with me, and I was prayed for for a while, and, and then all of a sudden it broke through, and when it broke through, I, it was like so simple, I thought, how could I have ever missed that? But that's how it is. The Bible says Satan blinds our eyes, and we don't see things. And so we were once that way. Now here's where we should be. Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, if indeed you continue, would you say continue? If you indeed continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and you're not moved away from the hope. In other words, I've slipped away from the hope. Hope is the thing that really produces life and joy in us. You know that? That's what, that's what it is, because I have hope for things. I, I hope things, and, and not the hope that the world has, but I have hope in God. And it says, I, I, I've moved away, I have, I have not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. And so we find ourselves alienated, now brought back into a relationship, but now Paul's beginning to exhort them. He reminds them uh, where they were, where they are, and then he's reminding them that they're beginning to slip away, or they're beginning to move away from that concrete hope. And see, this is the thing that, that happens so subtly that we don't realize it. And the enemy is so subtle and so tricky that you wake up one morning and you begin to doubt your faith. You begin to doubt all of it. And it just begins to creep into our system. And before we know it, as a believer, we've lost our life, we've lost our joy, we've lost our hope. And we wonder what's going on. Well, the enemy's come in. This is what Paul's trying to warn them about. Uh, and, and, and the word continue, it means to uh, be, be stable, be strong in the faith, be steadfast, and do not shift away from the hope of the gospel. And so we see Paul's exhortation coming to us in that fashion. And I've, I've said this, and I say this, I believe, every year. If I don't, remind me, and I always will. Uh, the way that you end a year is how you start the next. The way that you end the year is how you start the next. The way you end anything is how you start the next. And, I, and, and, and we need to really catch that. So the question would be, the question I ask myself each year is how am I going to end this year? Well, you have about four weeks to determine that. And, and, and that's what I want to help us with today is how do we determine that? Um, again, back to the, the year 2020, uh, it's, it's, it's all over the internet. There's people that are uh, trying to say one word that you would use to identify the year 2020. What would that word be for you? Tell somebody that's sitting by you. One word that you would say 2020 uh, reminds you of. 
Go ahead and do it right now. You can talk in church. I promise. It's not your classroom. You won't get rebuked. You know, what, what is that one word? You know, there's, just, there's a lot of words uh, that I've heard. Some would say it's a year of loss. People lost jobs. People lost vacation times. People lost uh, relationships. People lost friendships. You know, all these things. There's just so many things that can be like people lost money in the stock market. I mean, just all these things can be lost. And, 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 and 2021 uh, was it, one of those years. I tell you, it was, it was crazy. But here's what I've learned in following Jesus for many, many years now is that uh, the battles that we go through, okay, because can I just tell you, this battle is going to pass. What we're going through is going to pass or Jesus will return, right? If he doesn't, then it will pass. But let me just tell you, another one is coming. I can prophesy that to you <laughs> with confidence. And it'll probably come a little bit faster than the last one because it's kind of compared to birthing pains. And they just kind of increase and increase in intensity and they increase. So this is, this is a pretty rough year. This is the roughest year probably most of us have had. Not everybody, but maybe most of you. It's a rough year. And so if the next one's going to be worse, how are you going to do it? How are we going to do it? And, and so this is what I want to try to talk about today. And, 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 and yet some battles go really quick. Remember we talked about Jehoshaphat's battle. He simply just knelt down. He did it the right way probably. And he just began to pray. And God, remember, if you remember just a few weeks back, God says, hey, uh, I'm going to fight this battle for you. You don't have to fight. I just want you to go watch it happen. And he goes over, it's him and his team, and they go over and boom, it was done. That was a fast one. But yeah, David, King David, you know, he battled for 10 years, but then he got the victory. And remember, they came back to Ziklag, and, uh, and uh, uh, they, when they came back from, from war, uh, all their families were stolen by the enemy, and their city was burned down and everything else. And God gave David a word and said, go back, I'm going to give you everything back. Yeah. And he went back and got it all back, just like he said. That was a long battle. Sometimes battles do go a long time. They go, they, they go weeks. They go months. Some battles go for years. And, and, and we have to be prepared for that. We have to be ready for that. We have to be equipped for that. Because I think the way that we go through the battles the right way is the same way that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego went through the fire. Yeah. What? With Jesus. And it says they weren't burned. And, and Daniel and the lion's den. So, so, so sometimes we go through things. God takes us through things, not out of things. And that just happens. The children of the Red Sea, they went through the Red Sea, didn't they? But he parted it so they could do that. And then he destroyed the enemy after that. But that was a trial for them. That was a challenge for them. They went through years in Egypt. And then they tried to get away. And, and, and you know that story. And so it happened. So some battles are uh, uh, short, like Jehoshaphat's. And I, and I might just throw this out because as I was uh, preparing, I, 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 re, I was kind of reminded of the scripture that we've heard all year long. So it wasn't hard to be reminded of it. But, but we've heard it all year long, but it's really true. It's really, really true. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. And the outcome of Jehoshaphat's battle was potentially different because he sought the Lord first, got the answer, and executed. If my people... Who called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And so I think Jehoshaphat tapped into that. And, and, and in order for us, and I've, again, from my experience, in order to walk victorious, I have to learn some resilience. I've got to learn some perseverance. And, and, and I've got to understand that sometimes that's what it takes. You know, I've got to lean into this thing. I can't just settle back. I can't just sit down. I'll get blown over. But if I'll learn to, to operate in perseverance, which we'll talk about for just a minute here, uh, then all of a sudden I can begin to see things begin to change. Uh, one of the things uh, that I would say is that the very nature of your faith is that it does not give up. Amen. It doesn't stop. It never quits. Uh, it doesn't fail, but it keeps pressing in. And, and, and uh, as one person said, you win if you just don't quit. Because the enemy wants you to quit. That's his goal. That's his challenge. That's his desire. And we know that faith continues if I continue to ask, if I continue to seek, and if I continue to knock, faith will continue to open the door for me. And I begin to see the victories begin to happen. You know, many people by now are suffering some fatigue. I mean, it's just the, that's just the story of the day. Uh, how many years actually suffered some fatigue yourself this year? where you just become weary. Uh, and it's a real thing. It's a real thing now that's happening and being uh, stated and, uh, and, and experienced. Fatigue is the, listen to this definition of fatigue, weakness or exhaustion that is caused by repeated variations of stress. <laughs> Come on now. Have we seen that all year long? It's just been one thing after the next thing, after the next thing, after the next thing. It's almost impossible to escape being fatigued or stressed out or anxiety out this year without Christ. Some people have COVID fatigue. Some people have election fatigue. Some people have TP fatigue. <laughs> it's a challenge, you know. It's been a crazy year. I mean, that, that to me is the funniest thing in the universe. I don't know. I, I think God might have created that one. I think he just caused a shortage of TP just to show us how dumb this all was. Amen. Come on. I mean, really. It's just, just think it through. I mean, God, the Bible says God does laugh in heaven sometimes. But 2020 has just made a lot of people weary and drained and tired. You know, how about you? Are you tired? Are you experiencing more tiredness than normal? You know, it's just hard to get up some days and just, just listen to any of the news or, you know, really even to want to listen to the news. How many have stopped wanting to listen to the news? You know, it's just, it's just gotten so bad. You know, and you go to the internet and you go to the news. It's just like... Turn it off, you know, and I feel almost a little disconnected from the world because I've stopped listening to a lot of the junk that's out there. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, this is so crazy. And, and it makes me feel a little awkward at times, but on one side, but on the other side, I feel a lot better <laughs> not listening to that stuff every day. Yeah. And, and it might be a key for some of you is to slow down uh, what you're listening to. 
Just cut back on it. Maybe put on your iPhone, I think they have a timer that will tell you how long you're on there. You might just shock yourself because most of us would say, oh no, I'm not on there much. Right, come on. Put your timer on and then tell me that. But I want to share maybe just a, an irrevocable principle for us that I think will really help us pull through this the way we need to and not just be stuck with the, you know, again, the white knuckle club, I'm just hanging on till Jesus comes idea. And it's, it's really, it's this principle in scripture is, it's as sure as the law of gravity. What goes up must what? Come down. And we know that. And, 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 and so as we look at this verse, I, I want you to just be open in your heart because I believe this may be one of the greatest keys for us getting through the end of this year in a good place where we can begin to start the next year in a better place. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow tired. Another translation says weary. Don't grow tired and weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Another translation says we will reap if we don't give up. And the principle is that what we sow, we will reap. It's the law of reciprocity. In other words, as I sow, I will definitely reap. It's just like the law of gravity. It will never fail you. And yet sometimes when things begin to change in our life, and, 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 and we wonder what's going on. Again, the enemy tries to cover over what's really happening and hiding what's really happening. You could probably just check your schedule. You could probably just check your prayer time. You could probably just check your Bible reading time. You could probably just check your giving time. You could probably just check your fellowship time and you probably have the answer. But yet sometimes we forget that and so we quit sowing and that means at some point I will quit reaping. Now listen, sowing and reaping takes time. And the one thing I think that I've learned is, is that during that little space of time while that seed is under the dirt and in the ground and I can't see what's going on, I begin to question what's going on. You know, and if you've ever planted those seeds, maybe you used to do it in class and give you a little cup and you put the seed in there. And, you know, when you were a little kid, you probably dug it up two or three times, right, before because it just wasn't coming through. And, and, and because you kept doing that, it never came through. Okay? But if you would have left it alone and done what was supposed to be done, watered it, give it some sunlight, it would have sprouted. It's as simple as that. It's just such a simple principle and lesson in life. But there's this space where you don't see something happening, and that's the gap, and that's the space where we all begin to lose it. We begin to back off on our prayer. We begin to back off on our relationship. We begin to back off on our giving. We begin to back off on a fellowship. And pretty soon, before we know it, we're really, really weak. We're tired. We're weary. If we don't give up, if we don't give up, if we don't give up, we will reap what we've sown. Amen. Now, that being said, because sometimes people will hear that part of it, and they'll say, okay, well, I'm just going to wait for something to reap. And nothing happens. And nothing continues to happen. Because they missed the sowing principle. And they're not sowing. 
They're not, and so therefore they're not reaping. James chapter 5 and verse 11, this is the same use of the words that we were just talking about. Indeed, we count them blessed, or we give great honor to those who endure. You've heard that the perseverance of Job and seen that the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now I tell you what, pick a person, man. Pick a person in the Bible that did that, it would have been Job. Pick a person that endured the most of anybody in the scriptures, I think it would have been Job. And he pulls him out as an example and he says, man, he just endured, he just kept going. And, and there's two words that we see in that particular verse. It's endure and perseverance. Let me just give you, because they're related to each other, but let me just give you what it means to endure uh, from a biblical perspective. It means to uh, remain. It means to not recede or to flee to persevere under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to one's own faith in Christ. Even when things don't look good or when misfortunes happen, I need to remain faithful. And when I think about this year, just think about this year alone, the believers that would be quote unquote in the highlights and the lights uh, that everybody would know that have given up on their faith. There's been several. There's been some that have committed suicide, pastors that committed suicide, and pastors that just said, you know, I just don't know that I really believe anymore. And, and, and so we see this actually happening all around us. The word perseverance is hupomone. In the New Testament, it characterizes a man who, who is not uh, swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety. Wow. So he doesn't swerve, he, he presses in, he perseveres past whatever he's going through. And that's really a, 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 a very important word in all of our lives because I find that when I face trials, when trials come after me, okay, temptations come after me, all I need to do is persevere past it only to see the good fruit from it. But it's when I don't push past it, but I give in to it, that I'm filled with regret and sorrow. How many can say amen to that? Because I gave in to that instead of hoopamonian. I should have hoopamonian past that. If I would have just, get, get in one more minute, I would have just made it past that temptation. And it wouldn't have messed my life up. And we know that, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So perseverance is very important that I learned to do that. James chapter 1 and verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endured. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, okay, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, he's actually done this all for you. He actually doesn't ask you really to do anything when it comes to that. And I know it's a little bit hard to understand sometimes, but that's the reality. Jesus did everything for you already. That's why the, 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 the enemy is just so deceptive. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, if we could understand the grace of God today. And we could understand that he did every last thing for us. There's nothing that I can do for my salvation. Amen. Nothing at all. He did that for me. And then again, back to um, Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not be weary. In well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you what? Faint not. 
How many, some of you are already saying, well, I think I might have fainted already. <laughs> I might be there. <laughs> well, these words can give you some really hope that you probably haven't been. Probably if you're here this morning, you haven't. The word faint means loosening your grip and letting go of something that you were holding on to. Loosening your grip and letting go of something that you were holding on to. Weary means utterly spiritless to the point of giving up or throwing in the towel. You're here this morning because you haven't done that. And the Lord's going to come and he's going to revive you. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're watching online, you're, you're not there according to these scriptures here. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 stirs us up with this particular thought. Now listen to this. Being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you know what he's saying there? He's saying, I know it's going to be a work. I, I, I picked you even though I knew you were going to be a big job. <laughs> I knew you were going to be a challenge to me. But I picked you anyway, and I'm willing to complete the work in you if you just keep not quitting. If you just keep going, he'll take care of that. He'll take care of those things in your life. He'll take care of the things that were meant from the enemy to destroy and ruin you, ruin your relationships, ruin your marriage, ruin your family. He will take care of those things. Remember, he's equipping you for this day. He equipped you for this day. If you're here right now, you're equipped and you're ready to do what needs to be done today. In our day, which means we, with the, even with the worst year that I can ever remember, he's here for us and he's making us ready to do whatever needs to be done. Second Timothy 3.17 really says that too, that the man of God may be what? Complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God has something for you. And we need to take these scriptures and we need to let them sink inside of us so that when anything that opposes that comes to my thoughts and to my mind, that I immediately know I got to resist that. I got to get rid of that. I cannot let that thought stay there because it will grow and it will, it will germinate and it will grow and it will destroy me down the road. So I have to deal with that head on. I have to remind myself that I am equipped for every good work. And I'm well able to do it. Hebrews 13, 21. Make, he makes you complete in every good work to do what? His will. So he's done this so you can do something with it. What? His will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. I love the personalness of Jesus. He's... He comes to us so very personal. And he just literally says, working, well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom what? To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now we know that there's, there's going to be more shaking. Uh, we know that there's going to be more testing. We, we know that there's going to be more spiritual battle. We know these things. These things are, Jesus said this to us over and over. I mean, read Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25, and you begin to see what the end times look like, and you're living in the end times. Yeah. And again, if, 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 if Jesus doesn't come, there's going to be more shaking. Yeah. So I want us to be equipped for this so that none of us uh, end up like a, a few did in Scripture, completely throwing in the towel and giving up. Amen. Come on, it can happen. So what have we learned in 2000 or 2020? 
that no one is exempt. Have you noticed this went around the world? Nobody's exempt. Rich, poor, didn't matter. This hit everybody. <laughs> I mean, it just hit everybody. Uh, and, and this is the second thing that I've learned in 2020 is that it's revealing or producing something in everyone. It's revealing or producing something in everyone. And the question is, is what is it revealing in you? What is it revealing or producing in me? What's really going on inside? Where's, what's it doing to my faith level? What's it doing to your trust level? What's it doing to your fear level? So many people are living in fear today. And, 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 and what's it doing to uh, the, the knowledge of the word level? You know, and you just you can just kind of go down the list and take a look at it and say, what's it revealing in me in this day and in this hour? And that's really a good, honest checklist for all of us. Because it's either producing, the Bible says that the, 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 the test and the trials and the tough times produce something in us. Remember that James said that. Let this temptation, this trial, let it have its perfect work in you, this maturing work in you. And so it's producing something. And see, I'm determining what it's producing by how I respond to it. If I respond to it in the wrong way, it will produce the wrong thing. But if I learn to respond in the biblical way, it will produce the right thing because I'll sow and then I will reap. Yes. And, and, and because we want everything now, it's hard for this generation to do that. And when I say this generation, I mean all ages because we live in this, this culture affects all of us. It affects you as, as well as from the youngest to the oldest. It's not an age thing. It's just what is the atmosphere, you know, Romans 12, you know, don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. Well, we're all here, so we're all potentially able to be squeezed into the mold of this world and be able to see it. And so what is it revealing in you? Shaking always reveals uh, uh, cracks in our faith. It'll show you that. You'll know exactly where you're at. And there's numbers of tests that you can do to figure that out. Uh, shaking also reveals, uh, and this is very important, shaking always reveals what we have built our life on. Now listen to this. When things start, started getting really bad, and then they got worse, and then they got worse than worse, and then they got worse than worse than worse, and I'm just talking, you know, I'm still in January. <laughs> you know, what did you start worrying about? What did you start worrying about? Were you worried about your money? Were you worried about the stock market? Were you, you know what I'm saying? Were you starting to get frantic about this or afraid about that? What was happening? See, what was it doing? It was beginning to reveal what you've been built on and what you're building on. And it's important for us to stop and once in a while and just look at that. Because I found myself, you can just begin to build security in other things in the name of wisdom. Come on, we know that wisdom is in the Bible, but guess what? It's not to be depended upon. What's to be depended on is God. How am I building on God? Uh, this quote here uh, is from A.W. Tozer. Most of us know who that is. Uh, and, and I think it's important for us to understand a scared world needs a fearless church. Amen. Good. Scared world needs a fearless church. What am I building on? How am I doing? What are, what are my expressions with things? Who, what am I talking about all the time? What makes me afraid? What am I looking at more now than, 
ever before? What am I trying to get a hold of that might give me some security? And, and, and again, when you listen to the radio, you know, it's constantly telling you over and over, it's going to get horrible, you better buy this. <laughs> you know, I never heard that. You're going to get horrible, you better buy this, you know. Better stock your, you know, cabinets really full and buy your guns and do all these things. It was telling us all these things, and, and maybe none of those are horrible, but if I'm depending on them, I'm going to be in trouble. Because all else is what? Sinking sand. So I just wanted to throw six things out to you this morning. Okay? And, 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 uh, and, and you might want to make a note of these. You might want to just maybe listen to it again. But what will I need to take into 2021? So that I can examine each one of these areas and make sure that, they're, that I'm grounded in the right place. The first one is just simply faith. And it might seem easy to you or simple to you, or maybe too simple to you, but faith is really about believing, isn't it? And I just gotta be honest with you, I've met a lot of unbelieving believers. And I've met a lot of believing believers. And there's such a thing as an unbelieving believer out there. Oh, they want to go to heaven, and they're happy to go to heaven, but they're not believing for anything else. They're not believing for anything else. And life just kind of happens. And uh, I, I love this uh, quote from William Booth, started the Salvation Army. God loves with a great love the man whose heart is bursting with a passion for the impossible. In other words, what are you believing for? What's the thing, maybe even right now you might say in your head, I just think that's impossible. It could just never happen. In whatever area it is, whatever it might be, could have to do with money, could have to do with relationship, could have to do with healing, it could have to do with something. What is it? And are you applying faith to that and, 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 and believing for the impossible? The second thing that I think you need to carry into uh, 2021 is hope. Do you really believe that in the midst of all the chaos that God has the final say in all matters? Not just some, but in everything. Nothing happens outside of his knowing or his allowing. And I need to really believe that God is that powerful and that strong that big and I don't have anything to worry about because I can trust my God I can trust him I can trust him I have I have hope which is an expectation of a good outcome so maybe I'm gonna go through something like Job I don't know I hope not but maybe I'm going to but Job kept his hope all the way through that and the end was much greater than the beginning for him the third thing that I need to take into 2021, and this is very important, is love. Are you growing? Now listen to this here. Are you growing in compassion, tenderness, and care for the lost? Not your friends, but for the lost. 
those that are out there roaming around in total darkness and you know maybe you're doing pretty good about all that's happened this past year and you're doing okay you probably had a few faltering moments and a few scares and a few challenges that you see ahead for yourself but let me just tell you without Christ it's so much worse than what we would ever imagine and we should be growing in love and compassion for the lost William Booth again said this, he said, some men's passion is for gold, some men's passion is for art, some men's passion is for fame, but my passion is for souls. And he gave his life for that. Jesus wept over Jerusalem when he looked over there and he saw all the unbelieving believers and the lost. And he wept over them. So how is your love really doing? Are you growing in it? And uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge, but you can do it. The fourth thing that you need to take into 2021, and this is very important, is prayer. Is prayer. <clears throat> if you need to learn how to pray, my advice to you is learn. <laughs> I know, it's rough. Back to school. But if you don't know how to pray, believe me, the disciples went through that too. Remember, they actually came to Jesus when they recognized that they weren't enjoying prayer at all. Matter of fact, whenever he invited them to watch them pray, they fell asleep. You know what I mean? Learn how to pray. And I wanted to, I just felt really to, to say this for us as a church, because again, we're talking about going into 2021. Uh, you know, we may have a breather, hopefully, Hopefully we'll have a breather from this, but we might not. The, the birth pain might be a little bit faster, but, but we hope not. But if you go into 2021 with the right thing, guess what? You're gonna be better off than you were this year. I believe we'll all be more equipped for the, this coming year than what we are now. As I would venture to say, every one of you has prayed a little bit more. <laughs> I would venture to say every one of you hopefully would have been in your word a little bit more and you've, saw, you've seen these things. And so, so here's what here's will be my challenge to you. Find a partner to pray with this year. Just find somebody that you can pray with. And, 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 and I, I don't like the word accountable because that always kind of has some rotten connotations like I have to do this. But, but I'm, I'm talking about just somebody that you know that they're, they're, they're going to kind of keep you accountable. They're going to pray with you. They're going to pray for you. You're going to pray for them. And you're going to get together at times on a regular basis this coming year. And you're going to pray together. And you're going to believe together. And you're going to just trust God together. And you're going to challenge each other up together. And when you face something, Solomon said, two's always better than one. Two's always better than one. You don't, there's no need. Jesus didn't create us to go through life alone. And then maybe, maybe, just maybe consider finding somebody else that you could teach to pray. Somebody that's kind of there. Somebody's going to maybe teach you, you teach somebody else. It's always pays to, to take what you receive and use it and to give it to somebody else. But some of us need to, we, some of us actually do need to have the accountability to prayer. You just need to have it. You just, get, you just forget, you just get on with life and you just go on and, and, and prayer for you is over meals. And he's saying, no, I, I need more. He, he needs more if my people will do this thing. And the fifth thing that would be this would be connections, connections. This is a, actually the a biblical mandate at the very onslaught of the church, the very first day of the church, Jesus said, listen, I want you to get together. 
I want you to meet house to house. I want you to connect with people. And I, I, I know that the COVID thing has done, tried to do everything possible to stop that. But guess what? We're gonna stop it from stopping that. Come on. I like the little comic thing that I saw about Thanksgiving. It has the police guy with the, the, the pry bar getting into the front door. So we noticed that you bought a, t a turkey to feed 10 to 12 people. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? He's trying to do everything to break it up, but you and I need this fellowship and we need this camaraderie. We need the input. We need the accountability. We need the, the care. We need the concern. We need to meet with each other. And so as we kick off the small groups again in January, I have an exciting series that we're gonna do that with. I can't wait to, to share it with you. I think it's gonna make a huge difference. I need everyone to consider getting into a small group. And if you don't like small groups, then get into a small group. <laughs> it'll, change your, it'll change your mind. If it doesn't, go to another small group. Tell it changes your mind and, and, and you begin to establish relationships. Because guess what? That small group needs you as much as you need it. It says every joint supplies, every joint supplies. And it's important for us as a church to begin to realize that and get off of ourselves and begin to realize that we have got to make connections for lots of reasons. And then the last but not least is generosity. Generosity. Seasons like this always cause us to sometimes just tighten up on everything. But can I just tell you that we still have a mission to fulfill and it takes money. We still have missionaries that we're supporting uh, across the, the, the world, and it takes money. We still have people to reach in this community, or even some of the website stuff that, we, that we're doing. It just takes money. And so don't let the enemy put the clamps on your money, because remember, whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. No matter what it is, if I sow love, I'm going to reap love. If I sow finances, I'm going to reap finances because it's a biblical principle. And I don't want to find out way down the road that I should have sowed more faith. I should have sowed more prayer. I should have sowed more of anything. God wants to help us with that. So this morning as we wrap up, uh, I want us to, to can, maybe can we just sing that song again? Can we do that? And, and let's just believe God for watering the seed that we've received today. Uh, so stand with me.
name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Thank you, Jesus. today just join in you can just come over here we're going to be decorating getting stuff ready to decorate so three o'clock this afternoon um, just keep uh, believing and keep praying keep seeking God he loves you he's good amen all right God bless you have an awesome rest of your day